Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, everyone. Hello, sweetheart. Hi, honey. Hey. People, we have a tired day here in the Misfit oh Stars gosh. household. Uh, we had one of the worst all-time nights of sleep last night. You know how sometimes that just happens? Like, you're just up, doesn't work out. And I'm effing exhausted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm tired, too. I'm not doing as badly as Shannon. <laughs> Poor Shannon. Uh, so, you know, this may be a shorty. I don't know. We'll do our best. And that's what it's going to be. Uh, but hey. <laughs> the Misfits Stars podcast, doing our best. TM. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Man, it's really funny. When I was a kid, so you know that I'm sober. Everyone knows that, right? My Nana was also uh, sober, right? Uh-huh. Like I used to go to AA meetings with her when I was like four years old. Yeah. Some of my very earliest memories are of church basement conference rooms with the long table and the smoke down to about eye level because it was the 70s Gosh. and the urn coffee that hasn't changed you know mm-hmm. Folgers and the big metal urn um and you know Nana really did uh her best with all of that stuff she really did like it was a precondition of her being able to have us in our life her her life me and my sister yeah uh was that she that she gets over and so she did that to mm-hmm. her vast credit she was an amazing grandmother mm-hmm. she fell into a prescription pill thing for a few years toward the end of her life oh. uh she didn't die that way it was like a two-year thing like a mm-hmm. little sort of relapse into that kind of you mm-hmm. know um and, you know, she drove me and my sister downtown one time. And, like, we were pretty young still, you know, probably 10 at the oldest. Maybe my sister was seven. And, uh, you know, she was a little bit drifty. But we were old enough to know that something was not quite right. But also there's no cars around because it was middle of Vermont in the early 80s. So, like, it was mm. kind of, as long as you didn't drive into there a ditch. There were trees. Fine, you know. Mountainsides. She, not where we live. <laughs> okay. no, no mountains where we live, you know. I'm um, waiting to figure out how this ties into... Are we getting there? Patience, grasshopper. Okay. okay, okay. The point of this is that she, at the end of this trip home, kind of drifted into the back of the garage. Oh, gosh. Just didn't quite break enough. I mean, she was only going probably half a mile an hour. So the uh-huh. car just kind of went bump into the back uh-huh. end of the garage. And there was like, there was nothing there. Thank God. It was just studs. Yeah. It was like there wasn't like power tools or a, you know, right. or a lawnmower or something okay. like that, you know. So it was a little bit scary, but also fine, you know. And uh, this is a terrifying story. I know, but but so my mom had to. Conf- we told our mom, and our mom confronted her about it. And her response was, "I'm doing the best I can." Oh gosh! And you made me think of that <laughs> because whenever I hear somebody be like, "I'm doing the best I can," I just oh. think of somebody who's not doing the best they can. Oh well, thanks for that vote of confidence. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Fistars driving the car into gently the- into the back of the garage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's a, I mean, I was joking about you know how how does this relate, but that's a really sad story. Yeah, just all on its own. I know my my uh, my nana lived a, a pretty tortured life. You know, she but she redeemed it by the end. And isn't that the point, right? Like you mm-hmm. try to just do better than you have been doing. Yeah. You know, all the way along. Yeah. She was an amazing, amazing grandmother to me and to my sister. That's great. My parents bought the house that my mom grew up in from my Nana and mm-hmm. built her a house about 400 feet to the south, mm-hmm. just across a field. And uh, so we were just like a 90-second run over to Nana's house. That's and we were there, cool. you know, three, four times a day, every single day. Yeah. We would just like go there for a snack and come back home, you know, because mm-hmm. she had better snacks than my mom because my mom was like <laughs> co-op mom, you know. <laughs> co-op mom in the 70s was brutal, you know. Yeah. Everything made of carob, you know. Ooh, it's flax. 
cool. Uh, Great. Thanks, Mom. Well, I'm going to Nana's. <laughs> Nana had saltines. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. Had a saltine snack. That was delicious. Anyway, this, this episode brought to you by Nana. <laughs> I think we're still in the middle of our like preamble introduction. Oh, you, we barely you, even started. You've got, barely. You've got business to cover. Uh, yeah. yeah. So people, here's the deal. Later on in this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about the third wave of the pandemic. Just a little bit. Some personal thoughts there. Uh, so, you know, join us for that. That'll be a good time. Uh, <laughs> Third wave pandemic sounds like it should be a lot cooler than it is. Like it's a musical <laughs> genre. <laughs> like second wave of British heavy metal, uh, third wave pandemic. It's not actually cool. Third wave pandemic yeah. rocks. <laughs> so, uh, People Misfit Stars is... Uh, it's a bunch of things. It's a podcast. You're listening to it now. We hey. hope you love it. If this is your first time listening to the Misfit Stars podcast. Listen to another one. Yeah. We're so sorry, you know. <laughs> uh, we keep coming back. We, we, we improve with We're time. doing our best. We're doing our best. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, Misfit Stars is also this amazing, it's like a club that you can select yourself into. Uh, the way that this manifests itself most directly is that we have this private Facebook group for everybody who supports us via our Misfit Stars page patron community. So like the structure of the thing is kind of, we have Misfit Stars patron community and then underneath that umbrella, we have this podcast that we do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then we also have uh, this sort of club. It's called Misfit Stars. It's a Facebook group. It's a secret one. I've just told you, don't tell anybody else so. <laughs> and, uh, well, really one place that that community exists is via the Facebook group because yeah. we've opened up new avenues for the community to interact <sighs> with each other recently too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just for those on Facebook No, we're anymore. We're, we're thinking all the time about new ways to do stuff with our community of supporters. Yeah. Uh, our, our supporters are amazing people and if you are an amazing person, you too could be a supporter. But you know, honestly, like if you're an a-hole, please don't be. We just don't have the time. Very busy. <laughs> Pandemic. Lots going on. So just listen to the podcast. Plus and there's the no a-hole rule. That's just it's kind a of rule. a thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're, honestly, if you're listening to this and you're an a-hole, you're probably not even listening to this because why would you? <laughs> right? Why would you even do that? You'd be like, no, they're earnest. And I don't like that because I'm an a-hole. <laughs> So you're probably self, not even listening. Self-identify as an a-hole. Yeah, I self-identify as, as a loathsome person, really. <laughs> I understand that about myself. It's not my favorite thing. What I Am I working on it? Also, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So uh, Maybe the a-holes also try and do their best. That's it. You, you know? know? Like, am I an a-hole? Am I a good person? No. <laughs> but am I trying to be a better person? Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> but because you're an a-hole, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 yeah, right. So yeah. people, here's, the, here's the, the TLDR about this last little bit is that uh, Misfit Stars is a way that we create community and it's also a way that we support ourselves. Mm -hmm. The support that we have via our Misfit Stars patron community, no kidding, is helping us like live continue to live indoors through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a married pair of working artists, people, and uh, we typically make about 75% of our income on tour. <laughs> tour, remember back in the day when you could just go in a vehicle to be with other human beings <laughs> in close proximity and share an art experience? Yeah, can't do uh -huh. that. Not right now. Not right now. Uh, so, you know, this is a thing that we're doing in this time to both, you know, help support ourselves, which is so far working out okay, knock on wood. And it is also uh, a way that we can be of service to other people, which we love. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the tightness with which our community has become bonded over the last eight months has been remarkable. Yeah. I've really loved it. Me too. We need each other in this time, you know? Uh, and we are able to just, we get so much from this group, Shannon and I do, and we're able to give a lot to this group too, you know? And that means a lot mm -hmm. in both directions. It's wonderful. If you want to be a part of this thing. How do you do it? How do you do it? 
Great question, Shannon. <laughs> you go to misfitstars.com slash join. I was going to put like a dear listener in there. I was going to be like oh. a parenthetical. I was going to be like, so if you want to be a part of this, dear listener. Oh, And now yeah. you could do the, you know, how do you? How do you do it? How do you do you it? You go to misfitstars.com slash join. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you are currently a Misfit Stars member, but you want to be more of a member, you go to misfitstars.com slash level up. Oh. That still exists. Yeah. Interesting. Because, you know, sometimes... Like, you want to take this more seriously. Yeah, seriously. Maybe you're in at five. Maybe you're like... I used to think my of myself as a $5 supporter, but honestly, I'm getting a ton out of this. I really consider myself to be more of a $20 person now. Hey, make it so. Make <laughs> it so. You can do it. Misfitstars.com slash level up. We're not stopping you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Uh, hey, Shannon, do you have any announcements? Yeah, I'm just too tired for the song. Can you do the song? Oh my gosh, I get to do the song? Yeah, you can do the song. Oh, wow. This is such like a big I'm honor. I'm tap, tapping you in. I'm going to try to do my best. Okay. Announcements, announcements, announcements. That's really good. That was, that was a lot of vim and vigor. Thank you. In, the- in my mind, I was thinking kind of like Wonka. That's good. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. Like, no, like mid 70s show tunes yeah. kind of vibe. You achieved that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So, Shan, do you have any announcements? I just have two announcements this week. Okay. Uh, the first one is that on Saturday this weekend, Saturday, the, the date is the 21st, I believe. Might be. Uh, Saturday, November 21st. Yeah, it's the 21st. I can't confirm. our next Facebook Live acoustic concert, which I'm so excited about. <sighs> I love these. I love these too. Um, these are uh, monthly acoustic concerts where Jamie plays piano and I sing. Guess how much rehearsal I do, people. <laughs> as much as he can. Yeah. <laughs> the day of the concert. It's usually about two hours, um, day of. And uh, the set list is always chosen by uh, by ballots voted by our Misfit Stars community. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, um, and what's really fun is that this is, I think, our fourth, I think this is our fourth one, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Pretty sure. Uh, so the first, the first, might be the third. The first one we did, every song that is in my catalog of stuff was on the ballot. On the and table. You could choose up to everyone could choose up to ten favorites, right? So the first month that we did this, the set list was like all the predictable much, greatest. Pretty hits. much, what, yeah, what I would have predicted to be like yeah. people's favorites. Boomerangs you know? and seesaws before the sun. Actually, no, I know, I know. Boomerangs was not in the first month, but there, but there were some predictable favorites. Yeah, yeah. And so the second month, we removed the set list from month one from the ballot. Yeah. So we grade them out. People had to kind of like dig a little deeper, and we've been doing that every month since. So. We still have tons of songs oh, on yeah. the ballot. Like, Shannon's written a ton of songs, people. There are still tons of songs. And some of my, like, you know, secret favorites are oh, still yeah. on there, oh, yeah. you know? Um, but so, but, but the votes, you know, that people are casting, they're, have, they're, gonna ha- they're having to dig a little deeper for their deep cut favorites. And it's really fun because, like, a lot of these songs, you know, uh, we haven't, played them. I haven't played them live in forever. Yep. You know, that, you know, when we don't have shows uh, centered around, you know, like those albums anymore. Like those, those songs kind of, you know, in terms of like a live performance kind of get sort of like. They recede into the mist of time. Oh, wow. That was super poetic. Thanks. Uh, yeah. But so it's been, it's fun to kind of get reintroduced to them and have an opportunity to, to play them again. Uh, so Anyway, that's all to say that uh, we're going to have some like deep cut favorites on Saturday's show and it's going to be really fun. People have shared some really lovely stories. We have our Misfit Stars uh, 
contribute like personal stories about some if they if they have one yeah. for some for one of the songs that you don't picked. have to it's not like mandatory yeah. homework no but uh but there's you know some really you know poignant stuff that people are sharing and yeah. we're going to share those live on Facebook on Saturday night yeah. so Shannon's oh, going to do a non-dramatic reading of all of them <laughs> a non-dramatic That's reading right. what does that mean just reading if i were to do it i would do dramatic probably oh but well I think that you would feel that that would not honor the sanctity of the experience. Nope, and it pr- sure wouldn't. I think you'd be right. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's going to be Saturday night. It's uh, 7 o'clock Pacific time. Yep. 10 o'clock Eastern time. 9 central. Do the math, wherever, whatever time zone you're in uh, yeah. from there. Uh, but Let's say, for example, Saturday night. you're in mountain so, time. Yeah. <laughs> it's 8. Saturday night. Uh, so even if it's starting late in your time zone, hopefully that will um, won't affect your look. Your here's bedtime a, so here's much. the thing: if it's starting late in your time zone, you just have to suck it up and go because Gary Dixon is going to be there. <laughs> Gary Dixon lives in freaking Liverpool, true. and he comes to all of our things, every yeah. single one of them. He starts at like. 2 a.m. Uh-huh. And they go until 3, 4, 5 a.m. And he's just there. Be like Gary. He's steadfast. He's a diehard. <laughs> really. Sold out for the cause. Totally. Just the best. So that's Saturday night. Um, anyone can join in. Obviously, it's on Facebook Live. Uh, we can't so stop you. Can you. Just, you come on in and watch. A-holes too. Maybe after watching it, you'll be less of an a-hole. Um, right. Okay. And if you're in the Misfit Stars community, uh, you have a ballot to vote for the songs and you can do it till like Saturday you can do it until Friday night that's the deadline I is set. it yeah okay I mean I'll I'll I'm not gonna rehearse on, on Saturday. Like Saturday it's on Saturday the, the concert oh, is actually oh I thought it was Sunday on Saturday oh, <laughs> so. I'm sorry last month's one was on Sunday and I have it in my mind right sorry people deadline is Friday for sure yeah 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 I'm sorry I'm, about that We've got the details all sewn up here, over here, clearly. Yeah, everything's real tight uh, here. At yeah. Stars. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two. Announcements, announcements, announcements. Thank you again. Um, is that we are, we have just launched uh, our search for hosts for a holiday light concert series. <sighs> holiday light. Here's the deal. Um, we can't go anywhere for the holidays this year. No. <laughs> like, and I'm, by we, I mean like all of us really Anyone. ought not be doing the regular holiday stuff this year. Like you can go visit somebody for the holidays, but you'll probably kill someone in your family if you do that. So it's really you can't do that. It's not really a good idea. We're going to talk more about third wave pandemic coming up. Woo. But this is, you know, part of the deal is that, you know, like the public health experts sort of at a national level are saying, yeah, you know, we probably shouldn't be gathering with, you know, intra-household gatherings for, uh, in, no, inter. Inter-household inter gatherings. Intra, for, like this right now yes. is an intra-household yeah. gathering. Inter, meaning multiple households coming yeah. together. Uh, we shouldn't be doing that for the holidays this year. And Not even if you really love them and miss them. royally sucks. Yeah. It really does. Um, and So we have we a dearth this, in our lives. We do. We do. For what? A vacuum. We a have vacuum. a vacuum in okay. our lives that's going to be coming up for connection, for yeah. family, for uh, for seeing one another, yeah. for community. All those things that usually we fill up on, we fill up our tanks at the holidays, yeah. right? With family and community. Right. We can't do that. So we have Shannon this, and I. We have this thing that we, can, into the we can do to offer you, uh, and that is a virtual concert. And and y'all, you and your friends or your family, or maybe you are a business owner and you want to do something special for your 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 uh, employees yeah. or your colleagues or or maybe your clients you That's know right. you want to you want to be able to do something to help people gather in a way that feels meaningful yeah. and and fun 
and and feels like a, a togetherness kind of experience that we can't have in person this year. Yeah. How about a virtual concert? That's They're that's magical. our big idea. They're magical. Um, we're only offering two weeks of dates for the for the for the series, December sixteenth through December thirtieth. Um, if you send in your application to do one of these. Um, And when Shanna says do, she means host. Host. We need people to host these, right? It's a hosted model. People volunteer to host these for either their community of friends and family or maybe for their place of work, their business, whatever it might be, their clients. Any group that you want to do a special thing Mm -hmm. with, you want to see these people, you want not just to share an amazing artistic experience, some really meaningful storytelling and wonderful song performance by Shannon with them, Mm -hmm. but also then to have like guided group discussion afterwards where we can all just kind of let our hair down a little bit and be real with one another about how we're doing and how we're feeling in this time. And maybe have some fun. It's a really (laughs) magical thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're doing two. We're offering two weeks of these. Uh, if you decide you want to host one of these, well, first of all, if you want to just learn more, send me a message, and I will send you our host guide. And it is a thorough explanation of what's required of you to be a host, how it all works, all the juicy details. At the end of that host guide is our host application. If you send them the, send in that application uh, soon, you're going to have the the pick of the dates, like whatever yeah. date you want, you get to pick it, um, and that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, so. So send me send me an email if you're interested in this at all, and I will send you more information. Um, I wanted to mention that most of the shows that we do, most of the these virtual concerts that we do, are done on an open donation model. So you don't have to be like super rich to pay us, you know, yeah. a fee to to do this for your people. We we do most of them as an open donation where, where your guests are uh, asked to essentially name their own ticket price at the end of the event. But Shannon, what? What if I am super rich and I don't <laughs> want to ask my guests for donations? Yeah, there's, I was, was going to get to that. The other option is, you know, it being the holidays, it being, you know, a time of year where oftentimes people do throw parties for their social groups or their, you know, what, whomever. Uh, if you would like to just gift this concert to your whatever group of people you've got in mind, that's an option for you too. And you can just, you can just uh, pay us a fee. There's information about that in the guide. Um, and we would be happy to do this with you as a gift to whatever community that you have in mind in your life. Um, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So that's my second announcement, the Holiday Light Concert Series. Let's get on planning that because it's already November, what, 18th right now? It's the 17th today. It's the 17th. It'll be okay. the 18th when people are listening okay. to this though. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It's happening. Time's a ticking, people. Time is a ticking. If you want a holiday concert, let us know. Yeah. All right, that has been announcements, announcements, announcements. I totally forgot one piece of the holiday light thing, though. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm so sorry. One very important piece of it is that the the holiday light show is not your typical holiday-ish show. It's not... It's not like specific to any particular holiday. Yeah. These the songs in this show are all original songs that I have written over the years, over many years. I've written a lot of songs around the theme of light. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's called Holiday Light. Mm-hmm. Is that the theme of this show is about light. It's about uh finding the light inside ourselves, seeing it in each other, in all the ways in which I've explored that theme in song. It's been a touchstone, people. It has. Yeah. So uh, that's what the show is. And that's the end of my Yeah, and actually, that's really important to mention. Like, this is not like a religious show. No, no, no. Right? Not at all. No. This is not a Christmas show. This is not a Hanukkah show. This is not a Diwali show. This is not a Kwanzaa show. Right. This is a secular show. 
It's just, it's just a, show. a holiday show. It's just a show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when you do a show at the holidays, you kind of have to make a point of mentioning, like, it's a secular show. Right? Because otherwise people probably just kind of infer, it's probably Christmas. Well, yeah. I mean, it could be, yeah. I mean, that's, that yeah. is the normative thing yeah. here. But in, do we do normative things here at Misfit Stars? We do inclusive things. Hell yeah. So that's what it's all about. That's yeah. what it's all about, people. And now, this has been... Announcements, announcements, announcements. Excellent. Yeah. That was kind of a Perry Como sort of vibe. It's good. To go with the the holiday show. Maybe this is your job from now on. Oh, no. It's so joyous when you do it. (laughs) It's really good. Great. So, uh, how are you feeling, sweetheart? Oh, we're going to start with me. Aside from freaking tired. Just tired. Is that it? Yeah, that's that's really it. it, You know, when you, you just have those days and it just permeates everything. Yeah. I do. Um, so uh, honestly, other than other than feeling tired, I feel fine. Good. Um, things are fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, things are things are fine. It's been super rainy here. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I, I, I. I'm. I'm enjoying this post-election feeling. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. It's a different kind of anxiety. It's nice. <laughs> I no, I I'm feeling less anxious and that's that's um you know, there's still lots of work to be done obviously, but th- just having crossed that big massive hurdle has felt really good. Yeah. To me, I feel like I'm not like freaking out and jumping out of my skin every time my phone alert goes off for some news yeah. story breaking, you know? Um, and it seems like the shenanigans, like, are getting tamped down quicker. Yeah, maybe so. You know? Yeah. Like, there was a little mini scare earlier today, like, will the state of Michigan not validate the election? And it was, like, really their votes, scary yeah. for, like, I don't know, 90 minutes. Then we got another news alert saying, oh, they worked it out, they're going to do it. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Keep yeah. working so it out, I, people. I feel, I feel fine. I feel, I feel honestly, overall pretty good. How about you? Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm pretty good, too. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling... Uh, productive and happy you know we're getting into that time of year that i love so much uh that post-tour time of year where i can just work on music yeah and i love that and i've got mm-hmm. a bunch of projects uh and i'm, I'm just i'm having a good time doing that feeling productive uh loving all the mentoring i've been doing mm-hmm. um just having some real positive things come from all of that you know i'm lucky like I, I a number of people i'm mentoring like are really talented you know? Yeah. And like, are like sponges that soak up new techniques and new ideas and new approaches. And Mm. then like, I see it in the next thing they send me. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting and fun. It's cool. Um, So yeah, no, I'm doing fine. Like you, tired. Uh, But you know, yeah, the the election lifted a weight for sure. You know, it's Mm. it's been replaced with something else. Like I'm not going to feel a hundred percent at ease Oh, who knows? Maybe ever again in my life. But, you know, any any semblance of it, you know, not until January 20th for sure, you know? Yeah. Just because, you know, there's still a freaking sociopath in, yeah. in charge of things. And he's currently just, you know, he's, he's sort of careening between uh, two, you know, extremes. On, on one end, on one extreme, it's petulance yeah. and dishonesty. And on the other extreme, it's taking a wrecking ball to institutions and trashing the place and, and lining his own pockets, you know, as much as he can before, before he leaves. Yeah. You know, just kind of doing a smash and grab. It's really funny. Like, like officials 
like to decry looting. They get real up in arms about looting. Oh, like when people are protesting and yeah. there's looting that happens too? Yeah, you know, take a couple of TVs from a Best Buy, it's like a federal fucking emergency. But, you know, direct no-bid contracts to cronies, you know? Right. Open up the Arctic for drilling, you know? Oh my gosh, I know. Like, that's... Uh, apparently that's, that's not looting and that's fine. You right. know what I mean? Right. But, but God forbid someone, someone Raping takes Raping the, the earth is not, is fine. Yeah, that's, that's not looting, but, <laughs> yeah. but God forbid someone makes off with a couple of toaster ovens, you know? know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So in the feelings department. The feelings department. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Like I, you're, you're, you're going to maybe not feel quite as, as you might predict that you will on January 20th. Who knows? I'm hoping that, that, that his ignominious departure will, uh, Will will afford me some measure of actual uh -huh. deep seated relief. Yeah, you know, uh, would I place a wager on it? Maybe a friendly one, maybe a small dollar one. Yeah. We'll see. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. One thing at a time, though. You know, yeah. uh, I feel better about things than I did three weeks ago. That's something. Yeah, you know? for sure. For um, sure. Yeah. So, what has our experience been this last week? I sent people. Uh, I sent two different people, two different artists, finished albums this week. I know, and they're really wonderful. <sighs> in such wonderfully different ways. Yeah. One of them is our friend Granger. He made this amazing, uh, it's called Revolution. It's sort of a, it's not exactly a protest album, but it's in that sort of broad area of things. It's a, it's a socio-political record for sure. Oh yeah. You know, in the deepest possible way, I am learning. I learn stuff from this record. Yeah. You know, he's a deep thinker. He is one of those fortunate people who's able to translate those deep thoughts poetically. Uh, and he sings in this way where just like sometimes I don't always catch exactly what he's saying. Like he leans on the melody more than he leans on the uh, on the actual words. Sometimes you know singers oh, like that like enunciation. Yeah, like, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Sometimes he just lets it kind of flow more, and it's harder for me to figure out what it is. So this uh, it's it's wonderful in that way because the melody stick in your head immediately, but like the lyrics keep revealing themselves. Oh, that's cool. And there's so much depth yeah. in there. You know, he's he's a deep person. Uh, I can't wait for the world to hear this record. Uh, it, it'll be probably out in the next month or so, probably before the awesome. end of the year, which is really, really exciting. That's great. Yeah, totally. And th that's one of them. The other one is that ambient pedal steel album. I sent the masters over to Charles uh, yesterday. Awesome. And, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We've been testing this record at bedtime, which is so <laughs> rewarding and fun. Sounds great. Really sets you off to a good good snooze. Clearly didn't do that last night. Although I yeah. will say, put, I put it on like after wake. We had one of those nice people like where you, you know, like you lie in bed, you chat, you maybe look at your phone a little bit, you put on a little bit of music, you turn out the lights and you cuddle your partner, you drift off to sleep. Only then we were kind of both back awake like an hour later and also kind of pissed off. Just like, it, you know, when the sleep doesn't work out and now it's like five and you're mad. It was like that. So it was another round of like, okay, let's look at the goddamn phone. And But then I was like, well, what if I try to put on the music again? So I put on the pedal steel record this time. Oh. And it was helpful. For you, for you. For me. <laughs> well, you know, at least it helps somebody, I guess, right? Yeah. I wish yeah. it had been you. I know, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. But yes, it's a beautiful record, and I can't wait for the world to hear that one, too. Yeah. Uh, you might think that, that given the fact that the election was over two weeks ago, that our volunteering efforts are done. <laughs> no, that's not true. No, they're not. First no. of all, um, anyone who wants to still be involved and has the ability to still be involved we need you in Georgia. There's a runoff in Big the Senate there. Time. And if you want to join our Let's Save Democracy, we've got new members to the Let's Save Democracy group, a couple new members already this week. It's wonderful. The election's over. Yeah. Except for then there's these runoffs. 
new people are joining to find opportunities to to volunteer in Georgia. Um, so please uh, find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Let's Save Democracy if you want to get involved in uh, in helping those Georgia s- seats. You can go there and you can request an invite if you want to be part of the ongoing mutual aid and support and mentorship uh-huh. thing that we're all doing in there. It's wonderful. It's so nice to, to like it is. brag about successes, get help with stuff you need help with. But also like the group is open so you can just go look at the announcements tab and I always have pinned at the top of the announcements tab the most current volunteer links. The opportunities yeah. you can do. There's yeah. mobilized links and you can just click one you can get signed up for a shift for like tomorrow and start yep. doing freaking phone banking. And here's the thing, here's what's on the line for the Senate. The, if if John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock win their seats in Georgia which is what we're working for yep. then, uh, then there will be a 50-50 split in the Senate. Yep. Uh, and Kamala Harris becomes the tie-breaking vote, which essentially means that Democrats have control of the Senate and the House and the presidency, which will make possible the following. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Actual meaningful COVID relief, because currently the Republicans in charge of the Senate have zero interest in doing any other COVID relief. than remember the the one bill they passed back in May? May? No, 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 no. April. No, the bill, the one bill they passed was back in April. They've not done anything. The House had passed another bill in, in May, May yeah. because they recognized that people were going to need more relief. Yeah. And the Senate has just sat on it. For six months. Nothing. You know how there's thousands and thousands of people in Dallas lining up in their cars, in their cars to get free food from food banks? Did you see the, that footage from it this was last weekend? Devastating. Literally thousands of cars worth of people lining up to get free food handouts because they can't afford to buy food. Oh my god! That's because Republicans have just refused to help American people. Right. Period. Right. And there's, I'm sorry that that sounds partisan. I wish it were not the case. Seriously. It doesn't I, pleasure me to say this. Yeah. But it's really important to name problems accurately so that you can fix the yes. problems. The problem that we have in this country is that Republican lawmakers are uninterested in anything but aggregating power for themselves and their wealthy friends. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds dramatic and cynical, but it's just the case. Right. The fact of the matter, like, uh, the, there's the evidence of those thousands of cars lining up for free food. You know, and, and that's just one visual example. All over the country, people are, you know, at the end of this year, the moratoriums on evictions lapses. Yeah. Like, that ends. Extended, extended unemployment benefits end All at this the ends end of December this year. 31st. And, and the thing that's riding on, on Democratic control in the Senate is, you know, actual meaningful COVID relief. The, not just financial relief yeah. for people, but also... Funding for rolling out the vaccines when they're ready, you know, and it looks like we're going to have a couple promising ones. But like it everyone's won't, so it stoked won't do about us the, any good at all. Yeah. Everyone's so stoked about these vaccines, but if you can't do the, the, the infrastructure to deliver a vaccine to 300 million people is staggering. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. So, and no one's like, it's not been funded yet. So, which means it hasn't been set up yet. Right. So, Actual meaningful COVID relief and a COVID plan. That's that's what's riding on those Senate races in Georgia. Uh, strengthening, bolstering, protecting, and and maybe even expanding the ACA. Yeah. Healthcare for people. Because we're in a pandemic. <laughs> and just because it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, th- there are so many things. Uh, the, 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 the necessary economic... Um, stimulus that's going to be required to get us out of this pandemic-induced depression that we're in you know everything's like so 
bad in so many other ways in our country right now that no one's really talking right now about the fact that we're in a deep, deep economic recession. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, lots is writing on it. And it's not just theoretical. It is it is real people's lives. I mean, the, you know, part of the COVID, excuse me, part of the COVID relief uh, is funding to for states and cities. It's like states and cities can't operate with a, in a deficit, Yeah. right? Like the federal government can. The, the federal government is allowed to operate at a deficit when it needs to. But pretty much every but, municipality and state has a law in place that says they can't that do they that. They can't. So that means when when people aren't able to spend as much because they're not working and tax base the tax base disappears for cities and states and their budgets just absolutely plummet and they've got to lay off city workers. Yeah. <laughs> and, who, and, and the roads don't get fixed. Yeah. And public health officials don't get rehired. Like their contracts don't get there's picked a, back up. There's domino, so much stuff. There's a domino effect that's that's about to happen. The federal government and part of what was in that bill that was passed in May by the House, the Senate's been sitting on, is relief for cities and states. Yeah. Like financial aid to help them weather this time, to keep their city employees, to keep the fire departments staffed, yeah. <laughs> to keep, you know, the the crews on on the payroll to, you know, keep roads in good shape for us. And I mean, just every, every bit of functionality that the, a city and state offers, you know, that's on the chopping block if budgets are, are slashed and they, they can't pay these people. And you know something like, this is on purpose, people. This is not some like accidental thing. Republicans want this to happen. And here's why. It's because generally speaking in large cities, larger places that aren't the federal government, Democrats are in control because generally speaking- In speak, the big cities. In the big cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And at that level of things, they can't operate at that, you know, at a budget deficit. And so Republicans, because they are evil geniuses, have realized that if they create a situation in this pandemic where the, they let these cities go bankrupt and force these force cities- Force them to declare bankruptcy. To declare bankruptcy, yep. Uh, then- the judges who will, in a, in a bankruptcy, you have to go before a judge to restructure your debts, right? right? And to reallocate how you're spending money. And the judge has to approve that plan. Right. And a full 38% of the federal judiciary uh -huh. has been appointed by Donald Trump. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that whole court packing thing that McConnell has been doing yeah. for the last four it's years. Not just you know, you know how they weren't passing any laws, but they were really, really busy because all they were doing was just confirming all these unqualified partisans, to yeah. be, like pro-business partisans, right? right? Uh, to be judges. Like the federal judiciary at this point is overwhelmingly A, Republican, which is, you know, could be fine, but B, largely unqualified. Like a, right. a huge percentage of these people were, were, were do not recommend at the, by the American Bar Association. <laughs> like literally like a red do not hire stamp on their thing, but like they just got pushed through in a partisan way by the Senate, right? Because they got rid of the judicial uh, filibuster. So they didn't have to have any kind of agreement from anybody. Right. And and so point being, this is a sneaky way, this whole bankruptcy plan, states and cities going bankrupt plan. It's a sneaky, it's a sneaky way for Republicans to control democratically run places. So because if a city or state has gone has had to declare bankruptcy in because of say the pandemic, and then they go before this judge that is not qualified, but also has a political agenda in mind. And that judge then requires them to, 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 to structure their budget 
in a way that they want. Slash so, social services. Slash the social services, but protect the bonds, uh, yeah. the bonds that you know the rich investors have yeah. made to the cities. Keep the corporate tax base and the real estate tax super super low. Right, but you know slash public services. Yeah. Slash you know social services. Slash the things that actually make a difference in the most people's lives who live there. Yeah. It's really you're right. It is so backhanded and appalling. Uh, but yes, th- we have gone into the political weeds on this. Well, you know. But yeah, that's, that's we do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, but but that that that's that's on the chopping block. You know, states and cities budgets without meaningful relief from the federal government. You know, this is what could happen, and we need the Senate seats to make it happen. My whole point in saying the the, the whole volunteering bit, like Volunteer. yes, we do need help volunteering with Georgia. You and I have not yet started volunteering for Georgia because we're still working with Wisconsin. Yeah, because the the Trump campaign has been threatening to. Uh, ask for a recount in Wisconsin, even we'll though... We'll know by the time, uh, not the, by the time this podcast comes out, afternoon. but tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. yeah. This, you know, the, the, the Trump lost by over 20,000 votes in Wisconsin. A recount is not going to overturn that. Like a recount has never really changed votes any larger than like a couple hundred at a time. 352, I believe, is a record in a statewide general election. It's not going to happen, but it is, you know, his campaign of being just, of drawing this out and trying to... Just win win a news cycle. He's not winning the news cycle. No, but you know, anything. like it just you know, I mean, he's got plenty of people who believe him that that this election was stolen and it was a fraud. And, blah, yeah, blah, blah. and he's got to keep they telling the story. Really, do believe that? So anyway, we've been calling lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> with our team, our voter protection team in Wisconsin. To uh, and, and I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed with the Wisconsin Democrats yeah. for how prepared they are. Even though we don't yet know if the recount's going to happen, they have developed this whole program to train uh, attorneys as legal observers for the recount in each of the 72 counties in Wisconsin. I mean, they're on it. Yes, they are. And, you know, we've been part of that team phone banking to to recruit those attorneys. And so so many of the people that I talk to when we get them on the phone are like, yep, sign me up. Where do I go? Same. You know, like, they're just super enthusiastic yeah. to... Um, to to uh, be part of having is, Trump lose twice. They're as sick of this shit as we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And it's wild. I mean, it's wild that we're still doing election volunteering and it's two weeks past the election, but here we are. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You, we, we thought it would end. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It never ends. No. Um, well, like we talked about last week, you know, really our participation is going to have to continue, all of us, not yep. just you and me. But, you know, if we want to keep this democracy, we have to continue to be engaged in it. Yeah. We're just going to have, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. You know, um, but beyond the election, beyond politics, uh, we got to be part of a, an, a virtual music conference this last weekend. <sighs> it was lovely. Breath of fresh air. And that was, yeah. Hosted really. by our very dear friend, Martin Atkins. Um, and you know, it's just amazing to me that, that this guy is a friend and like, we do consider him a dear friend. He's dear. He's a dear person. Yes. And he's just very warm. He's been so encouraging and supportive yeah. of us as he is of, of so many people. Yeah. This guy's a hero of mine. I mean, he played, he's a drummer. He uh, got his start playing in a band called Public Image Limited uh, with Johnny Rotten, formerly the mm-hmm. Sex Pistols, John Lydon, you know? And then from there, uh, I mean, he was in just like a who's who of like 
eight, late 80s through 90s industrial bands. Yeah. Uh, he played in ministry uh, on a record that I listened to all the time when I was 17, <laughs> 18 years old. Like, I got this record the summer before I went to college, took it to college with me. Like, I w it was my wake up in the morning and blasted to get myself stoked for class wow. record, you know? Just like aggro, like metal kind of stuff, but yeah. like industrial metal. It was mm -hmm. so good. Two drummers in the band. He was one of them. Uh, you know, and I read his notes. I, I, I'm an obsessive liner notes reader, you know? So I read his name in, in the covers of so many records that I had. He played with Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. He started a band called Pig Face. Uh, he played with so many bands that I love. Kind of like, you know, drummer yeah. for hire on the scene. Everyone kind of mixed members in that scene anyway. So he was in all the bands. Everyone was in all the bands. He was one of those people. And like, he's a friend now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we have one another's cell numbers. And like, he asks, he asks us to tell people who he has aggregated at these conferences what we think about how to do independent music. Yeah, it's Which really is wild cool. to me. It's just like, well, why don't you talk, man? I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, his whole thing has been about just uh, empowerment of independent musicians and, yeah. and DIY. And, um, and, and that's how, that's the path we ended up taking too, yeah. you know? And so, and, and I mean, I, I, we read, I read his book, about touring, you know, about independent touring when I was first getting started, getting serious with touring as a I solo artist. I loaned Shannon my copy uh, uh, when we were first dating. Um, so, like, like he, you know, it's it's just great. It's it's fun that it's that's it's just fun that uh, that what we've learned um, he finds valuable, and yeah. and we've learned so much from him over the years too. It's really neat. So that was that was great to be able to be part of that. Uh, one of the artists that you're mentoring joined the conference virtually, and he said that he walked away with 17 pages of notes yeah. at the end. Right? Yeah, 19 <laughs> year old kid, and the conference was like seven hours long. He watched every minute of it. I he love said, it. just like was glued to his computer for the entire day. So good, just like taking notes, and like he's he walked away super inspired. He texted me, he's like, I'm thinking about going to that college. Like the college that Martin like has started a music business program at. Right. So cool. The college put on this conference. Yeah, in case yeah. We didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, the highlight of my week, though, uh, was our very first Misfit Stars virtual <sighs> meetup, which happened on Friday night last mm. weekend. Um, for those of you who who weren't there, uh, we have started. The, this was the very first of uh, what we plan to be monthly. Uh, Misfit Stars uh, Zoom meetups, um, where we just those of the people that are in the Misfit Stars patron community and us gather on Zoom and we hang out. And we had no idea like what, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a great time. I knew that. I didn't really know how, what, how it was going to flow, what it was going to feel like. You know, mm -hmm. we had some, some you know, uh, prompts that we gave people in advance to sort of help them start thinking about what they might share. You know, we wanted as many people who wanted to, you know, speak as, as possible to do that. It's like if you throw a BYOB party, but just to be safe, you have two cases of natural light in the fridge. <laughs> that's exactly that, it. That's what it, yeah. that's what the conversation prompts are. It yeah. was just a fallback. Just, we didn't use them at all. Didn't need to. Yeah, some people did pick up on them though. And, and when they shared, they, they, you know, shared based on those, but you know, but uh, it ended up lasting for like three hours. It was you know? so great. And it was great because not everyone stayed for three hours. Some people could only stay for, you know, 45 minutes. And that yeah. was great to have them there for the time that they were there. Someone showed up an hour and a half in and like was just an integral part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, really free, it was, it was, it wasn't like a party in the dynamic of it, but it was that same sort of kind of come when you can drop in. Yeah. It was wonderful. And I'm, I'm just so pleased uh, that this is, and so this is, you know, people who have been interacting with each other in the Facebook group got to see face face to face via zoom yeah. 
yeah. you know, other people and start to get to know them. Uh, for from those, all over for the world. For people who are not on Facebook, you know, but are part of this community, they got to be part of this in a way and connect with, the, with others in the group, um, you know, uh, given that they don't get to do that on Facebook because yeah. they don't belong to Facebook. Um, it was so, so deep. It was really awesome. It was, Like people were sharing so deeply. That's the thing that like was mm-hmm. the, the coolest to me. Like yeah. we had some just like pretty intense discussions. Yeah. You yeah. know, at group level, I mean, it was like 22 people. Yeah. Like intense, just people sharing really personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And the group just like, being so supportive, rallying, and uh, and yeah. like and and and, re- and reciprocating, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and matching that level of vulnerability in their subsequent sharing, like it yeah. was just, it was the absolute best case scenario for what it could have been. It, it was, was so wonderful. wonderful. And people, we're going to do this every single month going forward. This was the inaugural one, but it's going to be a monthly feature. It's just every single month we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, people, again, if you want this in your life, and spoiler alert, you totally do. Like this is a thing. Mm. I need so badly in my mm-hmm. life. And I can't imagine, especially in this time, how anyone wouldn't feel the same yeah. way, you know? Just a chance to like cut through the bullshit and just have a genuine connection with people who yeah. are committed to being helpful and responsible and thoughtful and And who honest. are learning and yeah. who are, you know, figuring out how to be better versions of themselves. Yeah. And doing this together in a yeah. supportive environment. It's really cool. Get yourself in there if you're not in there. Misfitstars.com slash join. Yes. Yeah. So we have up next to talk about the third wave of the pandemic. I feel like we've talked a lot and maybe a little break would be in, in order. That sounds nice. Let's do a little break. So let's come back after that. Let's listen to Flowers in the Flood. It'll be very relaxing. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll go pee, listener. I might go pee. Maybe. We'll let you know after yeah. the break. We'll be back soon. Yeah. weeks since you got to say that because we've had like strange episodes where we're not really taking breaks and stuff just went right through so passionate i i feel like we should take breaks just so that you can do that every week oh thank you i I appreciate that it's a very man i've gotten to do a couple of the real signature vocal things you know i've got my and you're back (laughs) and we're back people like that that's nice but also i got to do announcements 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 Uh, Uh it's been a big day for me i'm really i'm honored (laughs) Really excited. Gold star. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really feel like I'm leveling up my uh, my podcasting here. Yeah. yeah. For the record, people, I didn't pee. We just sat here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, so in all seriousness, we are transitioning to talk about the third wave of the pandemic. And <laughs> really, how could so, we not this week? It sounds so cool. The third wave. Yeah. No, it's actually not cool at all. No, it's I, actually bad. Things have gotten... Uh, has it taken you... By surprise at all, how quickly it seems things have gotten bad and seems to, seem to be getting bad fast. Yeah, I mean, I assume that you're asking me and not just the rhetorical. No, yeah. I'm asking you. Yeah, no, in it, particular, it, it real. Yeah, I've been shocked. Like it's literally been like a week, and things have changed dramatically, it's, like so yeah. fast, it, so so fast. And like I'm paying careful attention to this stuff. Like I get, I get a newsletter. I get this conservative newsletter called uh, the Dispatch, the Morning Dispatch, 
Because yes, people, I read from both sides of the aisle because that's what you do when you're a responsible media <laughs> consumer. But like not Looney Tunes shit, just like actual principled conservatism. Mm-hmm. It does still exist in r- rare corners there of the internet. There is non-propaganda stuff written from yeah. the right side of the aisle. Yeah, it's just people who hold on to these wonderful, quaint, old-fashioned ideas like what if tax policy punished the poor? You know, it's charming. <laughs> <sighs> oh but you know, you got to keep tabs. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, um, the... Top of this newsletter every single day has a coronavirus, just a summary statistic. Here's how many new cases, here's how many deaths. This is very simple, you know, yeah. and an associated graph. But I look at every single day and just the rapidity with which these numbers are climbing and the records are setting. Like yeah. it's records every single day. We've set a record for daily cases each day in Washington for the last four days. Yeah, today Holy it was hell. 20, over 2,600 new cases today in the state of Washington. It's just wild. Uh, the statistic that has blown my mind uh, is that it took us, what, like eight months to get from zero cases to 10 million cases in the U.S.? Yeah, that's about right. Is that right? It's like 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 seven and three quarters months, yeah. Okay, to get from zero to 10 million. Yep, total. To get from 10 million to 11 million took us six days. Six days, people. Like a week ago, a week and one day ago, we were at 10 million cases. Now we're at like, you know, 11 million 200,000 or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's just wild. The thing that the thing that I think about when I see that statistic and and we're already seeing, you know, reports of hospitals being overwhelmed all over the country this time. Back in back in April, all eyes were on New York, New York yeah. right? That scene is repeating itself in smaller communities all over the country. Hundreds of them. Um, you know, and large communities too. Yeah, but it's not just localized in New York where they've got lots of hospitals. Like we're talking places that don't have large hospital capacity. Right, you sure. Know? Um, like if you're, in, if you're in the middle of Iowa somewhere, like your local hospital might have seven ICU beds. Right. So we're already seeing the stories. And it, but so I look at those numbers, the, you know, a million cases in six days. And we know from what we've learned, we've had to learn some really messed up stuff over the last eight, nine months, haven't we? We had to learn some really stupid things. Yeah, but what we've learned is that when we see case numbers rise, positive cases, positive tests, when we see those rise, we know that the number, the spike in hospitalizations from that, those case rising, those case numbers rising, lags by like 10 to 14 days. Average of 12. And that deaths from the people who were hospitalized or not hospitalized but didn't survive this virus lag another couple weeks. Lag for another couple weeks beyond that. Yeah. And and we're already overwhelmed in the hospitals. And we're already overwhelmed. And so I'm thinking about this, and I, I have found myself feeling, and you know, this is none of this is new, right? We, like I just said, we've been dealing with the, these ideas and the, these kinds of, you know, statistics for months and months. Eight months and but four I, days, really. But I have found myself over the last couple of days absorbing this information about this third wave and feeling kind of uh, a, a bit overwhelmed emotionally yeah. in terms of what looks like it's probably coming in terms of 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 the suffering that people are going to endure all over the country. I feel like and I'm... also and also the the um the toll on our healthcare community. Yeah. Like I just feel it feels crushing on my chest to yeah. think about that. You know, 
And you know, it's not written yet, I guess, but we, we you know, there's a reason that we that we have data and and that you know epidemiologists predict you know the the how things go with with you know rising cases, and we know that hospital. So it's not it's not happened yet, and I, I don't want to borrow trouble, but also but also we know how this goes. We know how this goes. I yeah. feel like I'm standing on a cliff looking over a fishing village, and then I look out to the ocean and I see a tsunami wave. Right. And I'm high up enough that odds are good. Like, I'll probably be fine. But mm. I know what's going to happen to that village. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the anticipation of it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's anxiety producing. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's, like, I'm, I'm having a, I've been so used to having like waves of anxiety and stress. And this is just like a, mm-hmm. an anticipatory mm-hmm. version of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like like the in your metaphor of standing above the fishing village, mm. I, I do feel like you and I are really fortunate. Yeah, in the the way the, the way that our life is set up, that we really can just hunker down in our house. Yeah, and we can minimize trips out. You know, I, I think you know we're we're going to be going back to the kind of protocols we were taking in the spring where we really try to just stock up on groceries for a few weeks at a time so that yep. we can minimize trips in public places. Yep. Um, you know... Have you all seen that interactive map, by the way? Just do a Google search for Georgia Tech coronavirus uh, map. <laughs> I was trying... There's another word for okay. it, but it's... It, it's for, Georgia but, Tech. It's Georgia Tech. If you do Georgia Tech coronavirus map, it'll come up. It's an interactive map, basically, and you can just... There's a little slider for what size, what what number of people, and the lowest is 10, so it's like a 10-person Thanksgiving. But then it can go up to like 1,000, you know? No one's doing 1,000-person gatherings, but very realistically, <laughs> we're doing 200-person gatherings all the time when we go to Costco or when we go to the grocery, right, right. right? 200, 300. I mean, how many people go into Costco? It doesn't even feel very crowded at all when there's 200 people in a Costco. Costco's huge, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like even in this even in Washington, which is like we're we're doing the best so far where we are right now of like any place, you know, we're not even doing amazing. Like amazing would be white on this map and we're yellow. It's yellow and orange and dark orange and mm-hmm. red, you know. Mm-hmm. Red is like catastrophe. But even where we are, like if you're in a gathering of 10 people, uh, the, the point of this map is like you adjust a slider and then zoom in on a county and it'll tell you in that county what the percentage probability is at least one person where you are has coronavirus. At that gathering. At that gathering. And when you put it up to the 200, the Costco size, the grocery size thing, mm-hmm. even where we are, it's like an 83% chance as of yesterday that at least one person there is walking around breathing out coronavirus. Gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and we're in the best case scenario. Right, right. Like a 10 person gathering in, in certain places in North Dakota right now, 100% certain that at right. least one person has coronavirus. Oh man! And think about yeah. Thanksgiving coming. Right. It's, so I, my, my, what I was saying when you were starting to talk about the map is that mm. I think you and I are really fortunate that we do have a, a life set up in such a way that we can, yeah, minimize exposure to groups like that, and you know, uh, really avoid them completely. You know, we 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 can do that. But I think about again, <laughs> same as in the spring. What about the folks whose jobs are to be working at those grocery stores yeah. or at the essential businesses, you yeah. know, uh, who are in the in the warehouses that are delivering all the goods that we're ordering online so that we don't have to go out in public? Yeah. You know, there are folks that are that are out there on the front line and that that's, you know, those, those are the, and, and then of course the healthcare workers yeah. who are facing the brunt of all this all over again, you know, um, <laughs> That those are the folks I, I feel I feel most worry for so much in the in the upcoming days so much and 
Yeah, and 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 again, the the solution, the solution is the solution to this is massive federal intervention. That would be the solution, right? Like yeah. to have to have the government just pay people to stay home, yeah, so that they're not having to make those compromising decisions about you know going to work in unsafe places. Yeah, uh, you know, pay folks to stay home and stay safe and and stop the spread. Um, of course, that's not what our government's doing, uh, and so it's it's so it, it is messed up that like the mitigation of this has com- has fallen completely on the shoulders of every individual, except for the fact that so many individuals do not give a crap about doing their part, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it is making it so much worse for the rest of us. And I am still just incensed, you know, when I <laughs> when I see people, you know, sharing about how they're going to be gathering with their families for Thanksgiving. And I just want to take them by their shoulders and be like, what on earth are you thinking? Like, it's wild. You know, the, yeah. the, the advice from the public health experts is, you know, we need, to, we need to not do the holiday gatherings like we're used to doing this year. Not smaller, just don't do them, period. Yeah. Don't do them. Right, right. It's just, it's, it's wild. Uh, my, so I'm from Vermont, as everybody knows. And Vermont, I've, I've discussed this before on this show, on this podcast, but uh, Vermont has a different form of republicanism than the rest of the country does. It has a non-hyper-partisan version of it, you know? Uh, like, well, there's a Republican governor right there there right now, and he's awesome. And, like, my, my sister voted for him, and she's as lefty as me, maybe more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she loves him, and I love him, and he's wonderful because he's just like a... He's a, he's a, a, a no bullshit, good human being, you know? Uh-huh. Um, she sent me a picture of a quote of his today. Uh, and he's talking about people who are like, you know, coronavirus skeptics, you know, quote unquote, oh my gosh. right? And his quote is, he says, the skeptics are right. They can do what they want, but please don't call it patriotic. Don't pretend it's about freedom because real patriots serve and sacrifice for all, whether they agree with them or not. Hmm. Yeah. Man, and, just, and it really gives the lie to this whole thing. It's about freedom. You're, you're infringing on my freedoms. No. No, man. And look, this this sucks. This whole thing sucks. Yes. The whole pandemic sucks. That is not a new thought, <laughs> original thought. Yeah. We all know it sucks. It has sucked for months. Yeah. It still sucks. And so I, I understand feeling impatient Sure. I understand feel, being over it. Yeah. But like folks have said before me, just because you're over it doesn't mean it's over you. <laughs> you right. know, like just because we're all over the pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic is over us. It, no, it's just really getting started. And 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 it is not that hard that when you do have to go out, you can wear a mask. Yeah, properly. You can keep yourself at least six feet from other humans. Yeah. You know, the, these fundamental things that that we see that people, some people still just won't do. Refuse to do. Is infuriating. I do, I personally feel like when we've gone out the last couple of weeks, when we've been, done like grocery shopping, I think that people around here seem, at least my experience has been that that when we're in public, I've felt, I've felt pretty okay. Yeah, I have too. You know, with in terms of people actually masking up yep. and, you know, being courteous with distancing and things like that. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, obviously we see, you know, photos of people and videos of people all over the country sure. who are not doing it that way. And 
And even like in the people are doing good, quote unquote, like I think it's just also that you and I have become really kind of deadened to people like nose dicking. You know what I mean? What do you mean deadened? Like, like we just don't notice it as much. We're not, oh no, I notice it when it happens. Bothered by it? Maybe no, I don't I'm, know what I'm it is. bothered. <laughs> I am too. I think I've seen fewer people doing it. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, but it could be that's it could be just incidental. I mean, I that's just completely anecdotal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of of my narrow experience. Um, but but we know that there are lots of folks out there who are still just refusing to because it, I, I, I like is it that they don't want it to be real and therefore they just can't accept these measures that would I indicate think, that they well, think it's we real. We know for a fact that there are people who are, as they're being intubated, like railing against a nurse who's intubating them because they don't have COVID. Because right. COVID's not real. Right. So it's literally impossible for them to have COVID because how can you have a pretend made up disease? Can, can, can we just stop for a minute and like think about carrying that kind of, maintaining that kind of cognitive dissonance literally to your deathbed. Yeah. That's like, what, it's wild. It is wild. I mean, I, I really like, I, 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 I turn this on myself though and I'm like, is there a belief that I have mm. <laughs> that's unreasonable <laughs> that I would like literally die for? <laughs> yeah, right. You the know, literally I, die for part is really a line. But yeah, I, but, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it makes me want to introspect and make just, just run down the list of, you know, beliefs around which I organize my life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and make sure that none of them fits into the category of like, of, of being so, so, uh, unaligned with reality. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I would, you know, I just, yeah. Also, like, Darwin was right, too, you know? Oh. Do you want to explain what you mean? I don't think it needs a lot of explanation, but sure. Uh, you know, like, there are some genes that are going to propagate more successfully than others, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, I think that probably when people engage in denial so extreme that it kills them, it's probably right. a genetic malfunction of some sort. They've That's, probably already propagated, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, we we the human race is a social. Uh, it's a so we are social beings, mm -hmm. you know, um, and like we we are we are going to survive as a species <laughs> on this planet if we cooperate. If we don't, we're seeing so many different examples of how our uncooperation with each other and our not looking out for one another is literally killing us. Yeah, for sure. This pandemic is obviously one example. I'm thinking of climate change sure. as the, the major one of our time. Yep. You know, the ways, we're, like, we're gonna have to figure out <laughs> as a collective how to make the choices that, that, may be uncomfortable at first to make, but th that set us up for, for cooperation to survive. Yeah. But otherwise, we're, not, we're just not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's probably not gonna happen in our lifetimes, but wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, indeed. Yeah. You know, uh, something that's striking me in all this time is that we're gonna need to figure out how to take care of one another from a distance, you know? Because mm. uh, <clears throat> like the, the whole like, 
socializing outdoors thing is starting to be off the table for most people. Right. Know? I guess if you live in the southern part of the United States, maybe it's you get a lot, yeah. more a thing. Yeah, you could do. well, you're, that's really, really fortunate for those people. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we lived in LA, yeah, we could just be meeting outdoors and like sitting around outside 12 feet away from people with masks on. And, yeah. And, and we'd be just fine. That's, but we can't do that here in our new home for sure. Uh, you know, your mom can't do it where she lives. My parents can't do it where they live with my sister. Uh, near my sister, but not with my sister, which is a huge issue because, like, you know, they can't do uh, they can't do interfamily hangouts right. anymore. Like that just got shut down uh, in Vermont, like a few mm-hmm. days ago, and like that was the socialization that my folks were getting was my sister and or members of her family coming over to sit, you know, twenty feet away on the porch, right? You know, and have a glass of wine or you know, or just sit around and talk or whatever it is. But it's like it's like thirty eight degrees out today, right? There, like you can't do that anymore, you know? That's the only socialization my folks are getting. My dad made a really interesting point to me on the phone the other day, you know? You and I have been talking a lot with each other about how much we feel bad for kids right now. Because, you know, when you're our age, 46, 48, like missing a year of your life, like, okay, I might miss my 47th year, but you know what? It's probably going to be a whole lot like my 46th and 48th year, you know? Mm, Right. Not missing a whole lot there, but like when you're 12, like you're missing seventh grade. (laughs) I know. Holy shit. Like every single year year i mean until you're like you know 21 22 at least mm-hmm. has its own magic and is utterly oh, unique and its own like rites of passage of and the events that you know yeah. you come to count on irreplaceable is, yeah no you can't just go back can't. and and we've been really thinking yeah. about that you and i very consciously because we have you know we have nieces and nephews and like you know really empathetically thinking about what's it like to be them in this time but my dad made this point to me is like you know when you're my age, you know, missing a year when you don't have a lot of years left feels really stressful. Yeah, I bet. And I hadn't really thought about that at all, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really at the end, it's the extremes when missing a year really mm-hmm. counts a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're lucky to be in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my dad is 76. He'll be 78 in a couple weeks. And uh, no, he'll be 77 in a couple weeks. <laughs> He's going to age two years on December 8th because this year is so stressful. <laughs> God damn it, 2020. <laughs> Uh, no, he'll be he'll be seventy seven, you know, uh, and he's a youthful seventy seven for sure. But I think he his mortality is upon him; it's present in his mind. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's probably got lots more years left to go. But yeah, I totally understand that, you know. Yeah, the feeling of of missing at this point in in, in his life. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and you know, <laughs> I've had issues with my parents this year. You know, it's all politically related. But that aside, I love them dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't want that for them. I don't want them to be anxious and lonely and scared and isolated, you yeah. know? Um, they're lucky they have each other. They still love each other. That's great. I mean, you know, your mom lives alone. That's hard. It's I think really about hard. her all of the time. I know. Yeah, I do too. I, I talk with her every day uh, and because, you know, it's just a promise I made to her when this all started that I would yeah. help keep her company by having that phone date every day. And, yeah. um you know, even though I, I, I even even with that, I, like I, I can't help the sadness that she feels from time to time about how small her world is yeah. right now. You know, um, I, I wish that she were doing things a little more safely. From, you know, in terms of of, uh, you know, she says she's being careful. In I quotes. I wish the delta between her <laughs> self-assessed safety and her actual safety were zero. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like if it were up to me to make those protocols, they would look different than what she's doing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. But and and even with that, even though she is kind of breaking what I would say are smart choices for safety. Yeah. Uh, she still feels extra lonely, mm-hmm. you know, in this time. And um, and you know, I can do my part. I can do my part to by calling her and loving on her and encouraging her. Um, but 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 like our own like and, and we can do that for each other. Like we can do stuff like that for one another and yep. be there for each other. And at the same time, like uh, every one of us has to also do what they can for themselves yeah. to get. You know what I mean? Like like. The, I, I can't I can't rely on, on on you or anyone else for that matter to get me through yeah. um, you know my own emotional life in this time like yeah. I, I have to maintain my own you know emotional and spiritual inventory to stay on top of stuff what do I need what can I do about it you know that that's that's also part of this you know and I, and sometimes you know with, with you know folks that we're close to who are having a having a hard time yeah there's there's a little we can do to help but we can't do all of it you know and emotional wellness is ultimately an inside job right and and in doing it in context of community and relationships and friendships is helpful sure but it still always comes down to me yeah <laughs> to deal with me <laughs> you know and that's true for every single one of us yeah um, you've got to drive your own car gently into the back of your own garage <laughs> right. that's what I'm talking about oh my gosh <laughs> thanks for bringing that full circle uh I'm not even sure what that meant but that's okay I'm no. just gonna let it ride thanks yeah let it ride gently in the back, the of, the back of the garage. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say here except for folks, be safe, take care of yourselves. You know, there's yeah. hard decisions to make in terms of, you know, like I think that there's a lot of social pressure in some circles yeah. to not make any changes for the holidays or to not social, you know, like, like I I imagine there are a lot of folks out there who know that the right thing to do would be to cancel Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. but there's an immense amount of social pressure in their family to do it otherwise. And like, maybe you need to be the brave one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe, you know, on one hand, do you want to have to say no to, to aunt Judy? On the other hand, do you want to die alone in a hospital? (laughs) Right. You know, it's a hard choice. When I understand. It like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's temporarily disappointing about an, an overbearing family, family member or dying by yourself. Yeah. You know, and you know, the incentives, it's, it's really genuinely hard. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not minimizing the, the pressure that I'm sure a lot of people feel, yeah. you know, because it, it's, I'm sure it's really, really hard. Yep. Um, and also, and also, we've been at this for, what, eight months-ish. And for those of us who haven't yet gotten sick, there's probably a little bit of cockiness. Sure. To be frank. Well, it hasn't happened to me yet. It's pure luck. You for know, sure. In a lot of cases. And it only takes one exposure. Yeah. And to be super you know? clear, if you get exposed to this, you will get it. Because it's novel. Right, right, right. right. We've, we haven't talked about that in a while. No. It's not like your body's going to fight it off. No. It, it will get sick. You will get sick. Yeah, yeah. So just be careful out there, you guys. You know, you might need to do some hard, brave things yeah. to, in order to keep yourselves and your loved ones safe. But now's a good time to to do that. Now's now, if, a good time to step out of that. If, it, if that feels uncomfortable 
now's a really good time to get uncomfortable yeah. and do it. It's the right thing for you and your and yeah. Yeah, I think you're really right about um, and for all of us. That's what I mean to say. You know. You said a minute ago that like people are going to be faced with some tough decisions. Yeah. And I don't think that's right. The decision is not tough. There's only one right answer and it's obvious what it is, mm -hmm. right? So it's not a tough decision. It's dealing with the aftermath of that decision that's tough. Mm -hmm. It's dealing with the aftermath of making the right decision, mm -hmm. you know? It's the or having, getting, getting having the to disappoint a family member or multiple family members and having to own that. Right. Some people are like, are not good at that. You know, some people are people pleasers. Some people are conflict averse. Yeah. Some people are terrified of their spouse. I mean, there's lots of different uh, dynamics. Yeah. But the bottom line is, there, it, it's not a difficult decision at all. It's, it's an uncontroversially simple decision. Right. But some, in some cases, getting the courage to, to do that right thing is, can be hard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, people. Do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you think? What do you think? We done? <laughs> That's a very elegant way to end a podcast. Yeah. Are we done now? Yeah. It's like when you're writing a novel and you don't know how to end it. So you write everyone into a ballroom scene and then the building collapses. Is that what you do? And then the book's done. Oh. Yep, that's it. That's just a little writing tip, people. If you're trying to finish a novel, now you know. Oh. Yeah. And the ceiling collapsed. The end. It's the old ceiling collapsed Trick. trope trick yeah yeah absolutely and that's yeah this podcast is careening off a cliff this podcast has smashed into the garage and the ceiling has collapsed wow that's what's just happened boy you never see that coming drifting to the back of the garage oh we're okay and then the ceiling collapses oh, and the podcast is over yeah rest in peace nana well great do you, do you have <laughs> any parting like nice warm fuzzy words for us jamie do you ever think do you have anything can you, good to say, Jamie? Can you say something besides "welp"? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would say this, people. What? Um, if you would like to be a closer part of this very clearly heartfelt, earnest community. Oh, God. If you want to be in the car with us drifting into the back of the garage, get yourself over to misfitstars.com slash join. And strap in. Strap in. You don't even need to wear, wear a seatbelt. This is going to be a, a low velocity That's true. This accident. metaphor came from the 70s. You probably weren't even strapped in. Well, you know, it was at that point the mid-80s. Uh, <laughs> so I was for sure wearing a seatbelt, especially because my mom was super anal about it. Okay. All right. But yeah. So misfitstars.com slash join. join. Yeah. Should, I should make a new misfitstars.com slash garage. <laughs> oh my God. Oh goodness. I won't. Don't go to that people. You won't get anywhere. Go to misfitstars.com slash join and you too can uh, join this adventure with us. In all seriousness, uh, we have had an amazing time over the past uh, number of months getting to know our stars better, you know, uh, getting tighter with this amazing community of misfits, you know, like, and also to be super clear, like, it's not the cool kids club. Like, if you're a cool kid, we'll allow you, but you can't be, like, all cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Seriously, like, you gotta, like, humble it down a little bit because, like, there's a reason our thing is called Misfit Stars. And it's because, you know, that's who we are. You know? We feel like, you know, we, we have always felt a little awkward, a little, you know, like we don't quite fit in, but we're doing our best, you know, a little unsure of ourselves. And those are the people we seem to attract around us, you know, which is great because they're amazing people and I feel very comfortable in the middle of them, you know. So if that's you and if you want to, you know, if you want to find your community of people like that, please come join us. That's who we are. Um, is that is that nice or sweet? That was nice. Thank you. Okay, that's good. Hey, uh, we'll be back next week. I promise to get more sleep before the next time we do one of these. Yeah, um, it'd be hard to get less. It would. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that you take good care of yourselves yeah. between now and then. Me too. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.